Knights lead three to one. Big scrum in the left corner. The Knights get the puck to the blue line and out. And the Peets will have to set up. Hayes cracks it across the London line. Mayu, long try, empty net, he scores! He scores! Logan Mayu from his own zone to give the Knights a 4-1 lead and put them 2-13 away from a game six back in Peterborough. The Knights stave off elimination on a Friday night here in the OHL Championship Series and cut into the deficit. It is now a 3-2 Peterborough lead as the Knights win 4-1. After the buzzer, Kagamar, Jim Van Horn, and Mike Stubbs. And you want to talk about gutsy. You want to talk about when your back's against the wall, you lay it all out on the line. Uh, The London Knights did. This was as good a game if right up there with maybe the game one performance they protected the nets they blocked shots they were physical they killed penalties and they took advantage of their opportunities they were intense they wanted uh you know they were not discouraged by their situation down three to one determined you know to come out here in front of these uh, faithful nine thousand, and to not have this season end uh tonight and what a decision uh, to put Owen Wilmore in net and uh, looking like a seasoned veteran. And I just go back to this. It's a different uh, situation, but I go back to being able to be in the Sutherland Cup final in Allman Arena or in Leamington with the crowds and with the pressure of those situations. It looked like he was comfortable with the pressure of this scenario. You could definitely tell that it just seemed like there was a uh, there was no overthinking going on, and I think that's what also played into the decision. Is maybe you know you're you're thinking too hard if you're Zach Bowen and, and trying to do too much, and you throw in Owen Wilmore who just goes in and goes, "I'm just going to stop the puck." There's no second guessing, and that's all. That, and you saw it. There were a few shots where it hit the pad, shot out, but the Knights defensively committed to collapsing in front and clearing out any second and third opportunities. That's what I noticed tonight is, yes, there was a rebound or two. Yes, there was a moment where Wilmore went to cover the puck and there was a hesitation and the puck goes around and there's a bit of a scramble. But other than that, it's the guys in front of him that made that commitment that once he makes that first save, you are not getting a second chance. And that's the that's the big takeaway that I got tonight. He didn't extend himself, uh, didn't try to play the puck like Brett Brochu. Nope. Uh, you know, he let his D do their job, but uh, Mike was commenting on how he used his size uh, to end his technique to be square as often as he could. Shots from the blue line. He got out to the top of the blue ice, made himself as big as possible. You can be 6'3 and sometimes look small if you don't have the technique. You're kind of flopping around. You're opening up. You're not, you know, you're, and that's skating. You know, people don't realize how, uh, goalies have to learn to be solid on their feet and, and skate well. And I think he's a good skater. Like, he was dashing off the ice in Peterborough about three times in, in the last game. And he was co- he's comfortable on his skates. He's got that kind of solid foundation. And the pressure that he's played under helped him tonight and helped uh, him uh, in this situation. What a story. 
for well, the young man. Well, and what I noticed too with his skating is his 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 leg strength has increased significantly from when I last watched him play. But it's his ability to see cut out and get to the top of the crease in a hurry. There's a few times where a lot of goaltenders when they go down on the butterfly and they get up, they go one leg at a time. There was a few moments where Wilmore snaps up with both legs at the same time and allows him to get into position a little quick, uh, a little quicker. But it's harder to do. It's it's a little bit more toxic, like taxing on your body. But a lot of goaltenders have that ability to be able to snap up and already be ready in position instead of going one leg at a time. Again, that's a very fine detail that I took away from that, but it'll, it gives you that half second extra to reset yourself and get a position to make a second save. Well, what a uh, performance by Owen Wilmore uh, tonight. And, um, you know, you feel, he, he, you feel good for the team. On the road, you do notice he is a part of the team. Oh, Even yeah. Even though, you know, he's joking with the guys. He's, uh, you know... And that's, I guess, uh, the Knights' way. They they make sure guys uh, who are, uh, they're practicing with them. They're all for well, one, one for all. Yep. Nobody left behind. All of those lines. That's yep. exactly what they do. And when you are in a situation, and I'm sure Owen Wilmore was told this, it doesn't matter what's going on, even though essentially the London Knights have recalled a goaltender because Brett Brochu is injured. Just because you feel like the goaltender that was recalled to back up, it doesn't mean that you have to just back up. There may be a time when you have to be ready to go. And that's, you know, if, if you're on the bench or if you are a part of the team, there is a chance that you're going to be on the ice at some point. Make sure you are ready. And Owen Wilmore <laughs> did a very good job being ready for what was a really tough Thing to come into tonight. You had 9,000 fans hoping your team can force a game six. You go down one to nothing. I mean, a goal goes in early, and yet the Knights did not look deflated for a second. Not for a second. And after that, after that power play goal, that was the point in the first period where we were talking. The Peterborough Peets had the first or seven of the first, uh, what would it be? Seven of the first 11 shots on goal. So they were out shooting the Knights seven to four. Yes. From that point on, the London Knights outshot Peterborough in the first period 15 to one. So the response that came after that goal was outstanding. And the Knights, you pointed to it, Jim. Imagine you played like that. Imagine you put that much pressure on the Peterborough net and didn't come away with anything. But then Easton Cowan, Kyle, made sure that didn't happen. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he's trusting in his abilities. He's trusting his shot. He is playing with such confidence right now. And, you know, you sense the presence. You know, even though the Knights put up five in game three, there was a presence missing without Easton Cowan. He comes right back into game four. What does he do? Scores the opening goal of that game. And what does he do here in game number five? Scores the game-tying game for the London Knights. And, you know, he walks and he takes a pass, a hard pass, off his backhand, straddling the blue line, walks in and fires a quick uh, snapshot right through a screen and, and beats uh, Simpson, you know, just under, just over the pad, under the glove. It's it's a tough spot, and you got to get your glove in front of you there. But, you know, him and Barkey together tonight, there's a reason they were the first and second star of the game. Their impact on this lineup is so essential for the success of this team, and it, it, it desperately showed, and eventually Denver Barkey getting the game-winning goal. Well, and these guys have been great from the from the get-go uh, on the playoffs. Back to the um, first goal. There was nothing Wilmore could do. It was one of those shots, hit a skate, goes over. 
uh, to Connor Lockhart. Boom, right shot on the left side. The play is all, all to, the, to the left part of the ice, and Lockhart, just the one-timer, and then there's nothing. And every night on the ice, went back and tapped his pads. Nothing, you know, stay with us. We need you. We need you, or whatever they're saying. And uh, there was no, no, nothing that uh, he could have done. So, you know, that he bounced back from that one nothing deficit the way the team did, the way he did and the team did, set them up for periods two and three. But this was not, this wasn't an easy game. If you look at the final score, four to one seems kind of comfortable, but this was a battle. This it was, was a war right to the final buzzer. Through and through. And I, I think the one thing, just quickly on Wilmore again, is, is, his body language. He doesn't get disgruntled. He doesn't get discouraged when that first one goes in. He's upbeat. He's he's giving taps back to all the guys. He's saying, that doesn't bother me. I'm fine. I'm here. Let's go up and, and, and tie this one up. And what do the Knights do? The response, Mike, like you said, they, they outshoot the, the Peets 15-1 to 1 moving forward after that and eventually you know tie the game at one going in intermission and then two goals in the third. Our second period pace them. Well, it's a great story and it's a great lesson for any player. Um... If you are not playing and uh, you uh, get a chance to play, it's time to do it, right? And all the practice, all the games that you've played to get to that moment are what's going to – how you approach those practices, how you approach the, the attitude of, of sitting there learning and waiting for your chance. And when you get that chance, it's time to perform. And he did. And, uh, you know, that – I'll be ready type attitude was uh, on display. And, you you know, if you can't feel good for Owen Wilmore right now, you just uh, you're not a hockey fan because that's just a wonderful story to come in in an OHL final game five and play like that. What a what a what a story. A couple of years ago in the AFC divisional round, Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback who never leaves the games, that never wants to get replaced, goes down with an injury. And Chase Daniel, who had not started a game all season long, has to come in in the second quarter and lead the Kansas City Chiefs to a divisional round matchup in the playoffs against the Cleveland Browns. And all he does is scramble to the right on a 30-yard rushing touchdown and seal the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't start a game all year. But you have to come into the AFC Divisional game to then play. And what were people thinking at that time? They oh, the cooked. Thinking, oh, this is over. <laughs> oh, this is over. But wait. But wait. There is a reason that this is happening. There's a reason Chase Daniel prepared. There's a reason he's been such a great backup for a long time. But there's a reason that he prepared the way that he did. And there's a reason that Owen Wilmore prepared the way that he did. So that he could be ready if called upon. And Dale Hunter always has this thing, and we've talked about it in those two great moments that Dale Hunter has let us in on in his coaching career. One is the 2016 Memorial Cup where he decides, I just, I just need to get something going. We, need, we need, need to get something going. That's always the mindset that he has. Something's not working, so let's make some sort of change. Christian Dvorak, you stay out on a line that you're not supposed to be on. Don't worry. You know, he... How maybe he did see this in some sort of coaching crystal ball, but the puck winds up being centered to a place where Christian Dvorak shouldn't have been because he should have been on the bench. But he was there, and he scored a tying goal that eventually the Knights turned into a game winner in overtime. And the other time was in a 3-3 tie, gold medal game, World Junior Hockey Championship. Russia was really starting to come, and Dale Hunter thought, i I got to get something going here. got to 
Got to change something up. Looks down his bench. He looks at Akeel Thomas's name bar, and he thinks, that guy scored some big goals against us in his career. Akeel, get ready. Akeel Thomas goes on the ice, quick up, blue line to blue line, and it goes off a skate right to Thomas, who's so quick, so good, goes in and scores what would be the gold medal winning goal. Hunches. You know, uh, trusting your hunches and a lifetime in hockey gives you that in your bones feeling. You know, you got a feeling in your bones and a hunch and you go with it. Sometimes you don't go with it and you don't do it lightly. Like there was a lot of conversation to make this decision. And uh, going back and forth, maybe watching video, talking to the assistant coaches, uh, talking to all the players and, and seeing what, you know, their feelings are. And then the person who has to make the choice um, you know, goes with it, pulls the trigger, and it pays off tonight. But his hunches over the years, there's a lot of them that have paid off. And when you win 70% of your games, you know, it's proof. You got pretty good hunches if yeah, you're winning yeah, 70% your of your games. Well, the London Knights stave off elimination. They win this one 4-1. The series is now 3-2 Peterborough. Game 6 goes back into the Pete's barn. And Peterborough looking to close things out. And if not... Game 7 will be back here at London Monday night for the OHL Championship. We get to the Hungriest Night, the three-star selection, and a lot more here on a Friday night at Budweiser Gardens on the May 2-4 weekend. And this is Holly Gully London Knights Hockey, presented by Peter and Chin Associates. Heating and air conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL. London Knights 4, the Peterborough Peets 1 here in Game 5 of the OHL Championship Series. And we look ahead to the Coulter's Pharmacy and Home Healthcare 3-star selection. Again, Coulter's Pharmacy and Home Healthcare, the official health and wellness center of the London Knights. Owen Wilmore, who was... Brought in in a, in a start here for the first his first start of the OHL playoffs this year, and all he does is stop 32 of 33 in an elimination game for the third star selection. Denver Barkey scores the game winning goal, uh, or sorry, the uh, insurance goal at the 16:55 mark of the second period, and he earns himself the second star. And Easton Cowan tied the game at the 18:32 mark of the first. He also added an assist. He takes home the first star selection. Hungriest Nights, presented by our friends at 1160 Bar and Grill for the best steaks, ribs, and more. 1160 Bar and Grill, more than just a number. 1160 Wellington Road South, and I believe we have an entry from our friend, Mr. Captain Stinkpants. He said Brody Crane tonight, uh, 110% on every single shift. He noticed that. He thinks Brody Crane's up there. He did have a great game tonight. I think he was one of the nights that uh, was uh, plus on the faceoffs. He um, he uh, was uh, 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 I think fifty five, fifty six percent on faceoffs tonight. He was physical, used his speed a couple times. I think that's a good uh, good choice. Uh, Brody Crane, especially with uh, the depth uh, that the Knights have, and he was able to put a little jump into that third line. He really was. Do you have one? I, 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 I'm going to go with Ethan. Well, I mean, I'm going to go Wilmore. I mean, uh, just uh, the great story that it is, uh, the great uh, game that he had here tonight. He just did everything that he was asked. Uh, you know, he uh, made the saves that he had to make. I loved his confident look, uh, the glove hand, the killing of uh, no, uh, you know, the killing of the puck into the belly on a lot of the point shots. And I love the way he adjusted. I think Peterborough took, I was saying to Mike in the broadcast, he took a lot of uh, 
sharp angle shots. I think they were trying to sneak one in. Yeah. In this league, you can do that, and it's maybe what you don't see in the other leagues, but he was able to adjust as the game went on to maybe hugging that, po making sure that post wasn't open. Uh, one went off the post early in the game, and he made sure that he uh, didn't kind of open up uh, later on. He's just had a great game, uh, so I'm going to go with Owen Wilmore uh, for as the hungriest night. He was in the zone, brought the exact uh, mental game that he needed, uh, the technical skill, and uh, he's my hungriest night. Mike, over to you. You got a guy in mind? Well, Jim started to say his name. I think Ethan McKinnon. Ethan McKinnon, there was a block that he had laying flat out on one of the three straight penalty kills. He's a guy that got pucks out. He took hits tonight. He took one big hit, but he took some hits tonight and just kept coming back and doing what he does so well, which is defending his end of the ice. Ethan McKinnon. Trying to go back and forth between a couple of guys, but I think I'm going to go with George Diaco tonight. And the reason being is George Diaco, you know, he hasn't, you know, he didn't make his mark on the goal sheet tonight. You know, he was, he was a plus. I think he was even. He had a shot on net tonight, but defensively, his skating and just cycling the puck. There was also a sequence in the third period where he had a huge block shot and you just see him going over to the bench and every single guy got up and gave him a huge pat on the back because this was at a point where it was 3-1. Peterborough was pushing. The puck was in the zone for some time and you know, on his, on his knees, he's trying to play the puck out. It gets back to the point, and he gets up and gets back into the play, blocks the shot, clears the puck, and hustles to the bench. And just that play alone really was a, a, a big reason why I think he's, you know, he's a perfect example of why he's a co-captain on this team. Is Even if you're not making your mark on the score sheet, you're doing all the other little things, and I really like that about him tonight. The whole team could get this award yeah. tonight <laughs> very easily. Uh, because they were in a bad position and they responded as a team in a big way, in a hungry way for 1160. Another guy, of course, was Ryan Humphrey because the punishment he took tonight. Like he scores. Pinball. He scores the game-winning goal. He's he, he leaves the game. He, he gets a little. He gets a little shot in the side. He comes back out. He serves the last 15 seconds of his penalty. Then he's back out on the ice. And what a warrior he was. What a pickup he was from Hamilton. And you know the Knights stay alive. It's uh, big game six uh, on Sunday. You just uh, go one at a time, and uh, the game, the specter of that home ice advantage with one more win, uh, it has to be in the Pete's mind. Um, and I wouldn't say the pressure is on them now because they still lead the series three to two. They still got, have a margin for they error. They still have a margin for error, and they have home ice for game six where they've won two games. But... Uh, the Knights, if they play like this, if they play like this, if, if they play like they have most of the series, they got a, they got a, a shot. They had, anytime you play like this, you have a shot, and the Knights are looking to extend this and bring this back here to Budweiser Gardens on Monday with that puck drop happening on Sunday. We'll preview that game and more around the NHL and a whole lot more. Knights 4, Pete's 1 in Game 5 of the OHL Championship Series. This is Helly Gully London Knights Hockey presented by Peter and Associates. Heating and air conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL. London Knights will play with at least one more. This game will be Game 6 in Peterborough on Sunday night. 
as they win tonight by a score of 4-1 to here at Budweiser Gardens. We look at some other out-of-town scores presented by Tim Hortons, your local London Tim Hortons. And one other score in the National Hockey League, uh, 15 minutes to go in the third period, and the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars are tied at two apiece. For the Dallas Stars, it's Rope Hintz and Jason Robertson. They each have a goal, and William Carlson has two for the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 1 of that Western Conference Final matchup. Uh, game 2 against uh, in the uh, Carolina-Florida series will happen tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Panthers obviously winning that one in the sixth longest game in NHL playoff history with a four-overtime game. And Matthew Kachuk, of course, former London Knight, winning that one for the Florida Panthers. And they, they just continue to surprise and knock off Giants and keep winning their way in. So good for the Panthers a year after, you know, they made some big changes to that organization. And how close were they to being out of the playoffs this they year? They needed good. Chicago. <laughs> and think about this. Chicago won the draft lottery because they were at the bottom. They needed Chicago to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh needed to win to get in. They were in the process of trying to make the playoffs. <laughs> And Chicago somehow Chicago won, and that allowed the Panthers to get in. The Panthers are not one of the top 16 teams in the regular season standings. I think they're 17th. It's, wow. It's wild to think, but that's listen, that's the way the format was set yep. up. And yeah. all Pittsburgh had to do was go in and beat Chicago, but Chicago played some decent hockey towards the end. They found a way to get a point out of Pittsburgh, and can happen. St. Louis got on a, what were they, last place? They were dead in last in the National January Hockey League. 2nd. January 2nd. January. They kind of scrape in and get in as a, were they an eight seed? I assume they were. I don't know. They were a wild card team, I believe, at the time. They, that's what the way the format was, and all they do is go on to win the Stanley Cup. Oh. They throw a rookie goaltender who was almost playing in the ECHL yeah. in Jordan Bennington, and look what happened. It seems like I could be, well, of course, it's a fairly recent thing, um, but you could always count on the favorites get through my childhood that's the 70s once the uh, league started to expand even you could always count on the on three or four teams to be in the stanley cup final you know one of three or two of three or four you'd never get this kind of wacky ups well that was even in the early 2010s yeah. it was chicago there was la there was pittsburgh those were kind of the three with between those three teams Pittsburgh and Chicago, between 2010 and 2020, won five cups between the two, and the Kings won two, which means there were only three other years that a different team won. Yeah. One of them was that St. Louis team that was dead last as of January. And and Boston won in 11 against Vancouver, yep. I guess. So you've had some upset, like Roger Nielsen got a Canucks team to the final that was uh, against the Islanders, but the hockey has changed, and it's true. You just have to get in, and wow, the Florida Panthers – uh, have uh, have certainly uh, done that. Vegas in Dallas. Vegas with their third string goaltender, Naden Hill, and Carolina, Florida. Carolina missing three of their top five players, let's just say, in uh, Svechnikov, Taravainen, and Pacioretty. So wow. that's probably 60, 70 goals. Yeah. And here they are in the Eastern Conference Final. Scraping along. And it's, it's great stuff, though. Yeah, the London Knights. Tonight. The London Knights are looking ahead as well. They are looking to advance this series after game number six as well. Uh, we have more news as well in the in the other championship series going on. Well, we have an opportunity or had an opportunity for three championships to be won tonight in the Canadian Hockey League. The Quebec Remparts had a chance in Quebec. The Peterborough Peets had a chance 
in Ontario and then out west. Seattle still has a chance if they can beat the Winnipeg Ice. They are just getting underway, but the Halifax Mooseheads built a 3-1 to lead. They scored 61 seconds into the game, and then they held on against a very good Quebec Remparts team, and they have forced a game six in that series, and Winnipeg and Seattle are through one period of play, and they are scoreless. Winnipeg outshot the Thunderbirds 11-9. Seattle leads that series three games to one. It's very exciting seeing all of the uh, championship series going on here in the CHL, and the London Knights will look to stave off elimination once again on Sunday. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. in Peterborough, and you can listen to the game right here on 980 CFPL. Gentlemen, you two will have the call. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's a uh, great atmosphere in that building. They put record crowds in in this uh, final series, uh, 4,000. It's packed. It's loud. It's boisterous. They know their hockey. They haven't had a final since they last uh, beat London in 06, and uh, so they're hungry as well. Peterborough hockey fans. They're looking for a championship. Town. Should be a lot of fun. Sunday night. Listen to it right here, 980 CFPL. That is it for After the Buzzer. Get home safe. And thank you for joining us as always. This is Hully Gully London Night Hockey presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL.